Pickaxe. Folks, welcome to Dungeons and Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season or arc has a new set of groups and stories all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons & Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Hi, and welcome to the Vidiot Shopping Network. Earlier today, you saw us selling our incredible, stress-relieving sausage. They were flying off the shelves. But please... Do you remember not to eat the filling? But now, we have something truly special. This is the Nitro Concepts S300 Gaming Chair. Just look at it. Isn't it a thing of beauty? It boasts not one, not two, but five wheels. Truly unprecedented in the realm of chairs. But that's not all. This stylish chair is completely adjustable to suit any style of sitting for maximum comfort. Sporting a high quality fabric cover with a myriad of colours to choose from. I've been sitting in mine continuously for 274 hours and let me tell you, I feel fantastic. I'm free of back pain and I keep getting win after win in Fortnite. All thanks to this chair. All this could be yours for the low price of £214.99. If you'd like to place your order, you can head over to overclockers.co.uk forward slash podiots. Ooh, and it looks like we've got a caller on the line. Hello, sir. What's your name? Yeah, you're right. The name's Bobby. Hello, Bobby. What would you like to know about the chair? Oh, oh, oh dear, oh dear, sorry about that. Let's take a quick break, but remember, if you want to sit in luxury, head over to overclockers.co.uk forward slash podiots and take a look at their wonderful line of chairs. Everyone watch that. This is how you date a podcast within the first three seconds. Did you watch that David Blaine thing today? No. I didn't, but I've just seen it trending on Twitter like, Two minutes before we started recording, yeah. It's it's it's. I mean, I I know I don't know why David Blaine is like this black hole of time where he does nothing for a while and he comes comes out with like this two hour program where he does something that's kind of cool but it's definitely drawn out too much. And this this was um, Dave Benson Phillips recreating not Dave Benson Phillips. Jesus, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I wish Dave Blainson um, Phillips. Day nice. <laughs> this is David Blaine. He um, attached like fifty balloons to himself and went up to like cruising altitude for planes yeah. and then released and parachuted down and it was all presented live on youtube and there was i kid you not two hours of build up to the actual thing wow uh 24 and a half thousand feet i think it was shit it looked insane like it is impressive but it's definitely the kind of thing that works better edited down to a new segment or like a 10 minute video rather than three hours of mm. a presenter trying their best to continue a conversation where, where nothing's happening. Sure, yeah. <laughs> is it? Is it magic, though? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Absolutely not. 
He's just doing dangerous stuff. You know, it's just another case of Dave does stuff for money, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's kind of transcended, you know, card tricks. And now he's, he's create the magic is the feelings he, he creates all around the world. Right. Have you seen that interview he did with Eamon Holmes? No. Uh, it's something that comes up on, like, clip shows of when when TV interviews go wrong or, like, most awkward British TV moments and stuff like that where uh, he goes on to whatever morning program it is that Eamon Holmes presents or presented back then. It was, like, I don't know, early noughties. And uh, he's, like, just not giving him any answers at all. So Eamon Holmes is trying to, like, plug him and say, so what, you know, how would you describe yourself? What, you know, are you a magician? Are you an illusionist? Do you, what? And he's just, he'll, he'll be like, I, I don't know. And it's like okay, and uh, he just chat. He yeah, Eamon Holmes really trying, and he's getting one word answers. And at one point, David Blaine like moves his hand a little bit, and Eamon Holmes sees that he's got um, an eye tattooed on the palm of his hand, and he immediately jumps on that. He's like, oh, finally got something to talk about with this guy because he's giving me nothing. And he goes, what's that all about? What's the eye on your hand for? And uh, David Blaine pauses for ages, and then he goes, protection. And he's like, oh, <laughs> Christ. Right. He's just playing some weird, stupid character at the expense oh. of the guy who's trying to interview him. Uh, it just goes on like that, pretty much. Oh, I, I, I love David Blaine. He's, yeah. He is amazing. What a treasure. God. He sounds like hard work. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he, he eternally sounds like he's just woken up from a nap that accidentally lasted six hours. He's like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's exactly. Protection. <laughs> protection. <laughs> What, from having charisma? Yes, it's working pretty well, David. Ooh. Got him. Got him. Got him. Got him. Got him good. You hear that, David? You, you balloon bastard. <laughs> We're coming for you, David. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Poddy. It's the official Bam. Vidiots. Bam podcast uh, it's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us where everybody brings a, a thing along to, to talk, talk about. about i'm ben i'm peter and i'm michael how is everybody doing today doing good doing good pretty good pretty good yeah nothing nothing exciting to report really it's still in that weird downturn of Staying at home and stuff. When I haven't, I haven't created any memories in the last six months. There's <laughs> <laughs> been nothing. That's true. Nothing memorable has happened no. to you. Let's oh. let's make this a memorable memory, eh? Yeah. Epis- episode says says eighty. Mm. No, that's the other <laughs> podcast we do. This is also a milestone episode. I think 60? this is an episode sixty. Yeah, yeah I think it is. Ooh. It's a round number for certain. Yeah. Hey, well, there we go. There we go. Excellent. Everybody, if you've done nothing for the last six months, this is this is this is what you've been telling your family about at the dinner yes. table at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Everybody salsa. Let's Everybody do it. salsa. <laughs> we haven't had a milestone episode since episode forty. Uh, the the, the episode in between will happen at some point well then it should be especially noted even more so than usual that this week's pod squad is on a milestone episode what's what's pod squad who what what what? what's a 
What's a pod squad? Well, I'm glad you asked. Ben, what's a pod squad? Thank you, Peter. Pod squad is uh, is a fantastic group of people who've decided to support us financially, just as you can. Streamlabs.com forward slash podiots donations to join pod squad for the next episode and get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast. The pod squad for this week is as follows. Stephen Scodes. Saint... Oh, Jesus. Saint Jerry the Goat Fucker. Thank you. <laughs> like a ghost skelly. Hoover story to look Hoover's Hoover sorry Hoover story to look Hoover's back. <laughs> Good. Right. Uh, seven from Con. Strain it, strain it. Oh, that's a lot of eyes and ends in 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 a sequence. Give me a minute here, boys. Mm-hmm. Straining yeah. in a toilet cubicle. Well, that shouldn't have been that hard. Well, yeah, okay. that wasn't so hard, but well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And we got a generous, generous donation from lovely, lovely resident boy Samuel Samuel Dublin de Barber. Ooh. Oh. The names have gotten out of hand, but I love it. One week left in self-isolation before freedom hits. The Podiots have been a brilliant addition. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. Thank you. And uh, there's more. It done fetch the wank flannel. Mmm. <laughs> tasty bit of Willem. Stukalicious. Cunt. Tree road. Take me home. Brilliant. Take it sleazy. And one vowel from She-Ra. And lastly, we got... Uh, an even even generouser donation from some birthday bumpus for Dan. Hi lads, thought I, thought I'd drop you a dime and say thanks for all your hard work and hilarious content. My best mate is turning thirty in September. I told my friends, and now he's a big fan too. Would you mind saying happy fucking birthday to him? Love you boys. Happy, happy fucking, fucking, fucking birthday. birthday to him. To his friend. Thank you. Good. Uh, the list continues with Specky Becky, Emily Lemons, Tommy the Wank Engine, all scrote and no shaft. Chav mm. uh, <laughs> Chav Ramirez, Lobrotovich, Freddie Weber dislikes Ben. Ah, oh. all right. Mikey's new keyboard fund. Uh, Cadbury's cream smeg. Lovely. Oh. Alex. Uh, Axel's Alive. I always do that one wrong. Alex, uh, I did it again. Oh, no. (laughs) Axel's Alive, 95. Knee deep in... Supposed... Supostricods. Of course. I'm forgetting our own references. Knee deep in Supostricods. Finn Tristam. Memory cards, 40 quid a gram. (laughs) Uh, My Pet Bulldozer and Grand Theft Mikey. Also, a huge thank you to Dave Bacon Phillips for the extremely generous donation. And uh, Dave Bacon Phillips says, "Keep it up, boys. I don't have a t- I don't have Twitter, and was hoping to ask a question. We're going to allow it, Dave Bacon Phillips. Ooh. But this is not a precedent that you can all follow, okay?" Thank you very much for your generous donation. Though. Thank you. Since we all know that Pietro's wedding will be Tom Thumb themed, if you were to pick any LARP style wedding, what would the theme be and first dance song? Oh man. I want to go for a bird-themed wedding. That's not lot. Well, that is. It's live-action roleplay. You're playing something else. I want to go for a bird-themed wedding. Mm-hmm. Everyone comes dressed as a different bird, and the first dance is the the birdie song. What's it? Da, 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 da. Chicken song. The, the chicken dance. Yeah. The chicken oh, there dance. You go, that, yeah. God. We, go. we got there eventually. Yeah. The birdie the chicken, song. The chicken. Song. The chicken song is the one by Spitting Image that uh, they actually had a. I think it was a number one, which is weird. Oh. oh. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow! Just a bunch it's of strange puppets. that you know that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sort of vaguely aware of it. Yeah, excellent. Um, oh man. Well, apart from the fact that I'm obviously go- yeah going to have a Tom Thumb themed wedding, and the uh, you know the first dance is going to be uh, you know that Tom Thumb song from the film Tom Thumb. 
Um, outside of that, uh, well, surely, surely for me, it would be a, a Star Wars, uh, mm. a Star oh, Wars yeah. one, and we would—I don't know—dance to the to the cantina theme or something <laughs> like that. Or oh, what about the Han Solo song from the dancing game? Oh, oh yeah, yes. maybe that one. I'm Solo. I'm Han Solo. I'm Han Solo. Solo. You already know the dance. I do. <laughs> what was it? Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember any of them. I think there was "It's a Trap." I think that was one move. Yeah. Uh, Millennium Falcon. I keep wanting to say golden shower, but I don't think there was a golden no, shower. No, I don't know that Disney <laughs> no. would, would do that one. No, probably not. Anyway. Excellent. Um, I would have a Pirates-themed wedding, and everyone on the dance floor would just be skanking out to the Pirates of the Caribbean theme. Right, okay. <laughs> just going for it, you know? Oh, there's, there's a lot of good remixes of that as well, so you could you could have fuel all night. Yeah. Brilliant. There we go. Thank you, Dave Bergerkampfillet. Ah. <laughs> We've also got Ed, Edward Jizzerhands, the CG Alan Claw with a very with a very generous donation for for a very standard donation. Thank you very much. <laughs> Succulent Poddy at Meal, Mercenary Queef. This chair, fu- you're right, Michael. Sorry, just having fun. <laughs> this chair fucks. Super Mega Berto, Bring Back Memory Cards, Kermit the Pog, and Prince Beefcakes. Thank you so much. That is your pod squad for this week. If you would like to join it, get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. Poddy, uh, no, Poddyits is not a website. We should do that eventually. Streamlabs.com forward slash Poddyits donations. Thank you. There we go. We did it. We did it. Uh, so, well, I've, I've got some questions here from the audience. This is from Chris Widdick at Mr. Widdick on Twitter. Uh, And Chris says, congrats, you've all suddenly become parents. What one life lesson do you decide to pass on to them? We've had a similar question to this before, but it was a bit more, it was a bit more sincere and and serious. It was like, what, what thing would you do? What thing do you you wish the entire world did that you do? You know, something like that. But this, Mm. this is a, a slightly broader theme. It's life lessons, wisdom. Okay. Just eat all the fucking silica gel you can. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't yeah. let the packets put you off. No. Just read Every- the bit that says eat. Ignore the words <laughs> do not. Yes. Or just ignore the word not in yeah, life. Do eat, even better. Do eat. What a strange word. It's a strange sentence. Yeah. Do eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should think of some actual advice, but I don't have any on uh, me at the minute. I've got some. You can't heat up uh, butter in the microwave if it's wrapped in foil oh ben oh, no don't do that yeah don't do that sparky butter but yeah purple butter purple purple sparkies oh yeah god that's that, that's a bad thing when did you learn that age 27 or yeah too old too old, yeah, far uh, too old. i mean I, I hadn't moved out yet it was pre-university but i, I don't know i'd never i'd never i don't think at that point i realized huh it probably makes sense not to put metal things in the microwave, but I think it's just such an obvious thing that no one had ever mentioned it to me. Yeah. So I just thought, well, I want this butter to be soft, so I'll just heat it up in the microwave, and it was sparking, so I took it <laughs> out of the microwave, and I learned my lesson then. It's true, though. Like No one ever told me not to put metal things in the microwave. The only th- reason I knew from a very early age about metal things in the microwave is that we used to have um, some of our dishes... Uh, had just around the rim, it wasn't gold as in actual gold or gold leaf, but it was like a, a metallic paint or something, just a very thin golden line around the rim of our some of our bowls. And occasionally we would put some, people in my house would put something in the microwave and there was so little of it that you would maybe get like one spark per, 
per microwave. <laughs> so we would just kind of, if you put one in and realized, oops, just put one of those metal ones in, we'd go, never mind, it'll be fine. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it was something that happened semi-regularly in my house. And I knew that, like, obviously, if I put any larger amount of metal in the microwave than that, that's probably a bad thing. But otherwise, I don't think I would have known, really. No one told me. No? Yeah. 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 So I'll pass that on. Yeah, pass that on. Don't put metal in the microwave. Good one. Um, God, my advice. My advice would be um, t- take take things a little less seriously as a kid. That's what I think. I think I <laughs> I thought the the world was going to get me from a very early age. Aww. Just you know, I have to like not do naughty things. Um, you know, I think kids could af- can afford to actually just be slightly slightly more anti authority not hugely i don't want a load of i mean because i hate i hate kids who have no flipping respect as well yeah as long as they do what you tell them exactly maybe just do everything that's my advice just do everything i ask but not what anyone else asked you to do don't get like hung up on your exam results when you're 11 doing your sats (laughs) no absolutely i totally agree it was that wasn't it it was Mm. exams secondary school exams sixth form exams university and then when you get to university you're like well this is a load of bollocks isn't it yeah i didn't have to do any of those other ones really yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly you realize it just doesn't fucking matter at all but at the time it's your entire world and i don't think uh i don't think authority figures do a good enough job of really communicating that yeah to people or perhaps the system in general Oh, I think, imagine though, if you said to a, a group of kids, oh, don't worry, it'll, be, it'll all work out in the end. They're not going to give a shit. Well, I don't think you should say that necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Just let them know that there are other there are other paths in life. Mm. And it's yeah. okay to pursue them. Yeah, yeah. D- try stuff out, have fun. Try it yourself. Be a dick. <laughs> just, just annoy your teacher, make them cry, live a little, come on. Yeah, coward. Hear, hearing the word sats just brought back the most vivid memory did for some reason our school let us um have sweets with us during our exam mm. oh to keep you energized well, I, th- I, don't, I don't know the reason for it we just it was just like they're just like before the test we're like oh um just like test tomorrow everyone bring in a little bag of sweets or something if you want right and, oh. and just this the whole class just had little bags of sweets perched in front of them and slowly nibbled away it was quite nice yeah. we didn't get those we were allowed a, su- a support stuffed animal and I brought a, a dragon that didn't look anything like Spyro the dragon, but to me, he was Spyro the dragon, and I was yes. very proud of him. And I, I brought him in. He looked after me. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm sure he served you well. Well, I mean, <laughs> I did fine. <laughs> Could have been worse. Well, there we go. Yeah. Live by, live by the vidiot's laws, and uh, you'll go far, son. Son. No metal in microwave. Don't take life so seriously. And whatever Mikey said. Eat Mikey, si- did you say one? Do eat. Do eat silica gel. Yeah, there it is. I, I can't think of a better one, so we'll go with that. Okay, no, fine. That's, You'll that's be all right. That's not as that bad kind of, as everyone says. It ties into the anti-authority one anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's, all, <laughs> it does. it's all good advice. It does. Um, I'll quickly, we'll do question two as well uh, before we do earthing. Uh, here's something from Funky Cobra, except it's spelt with a zero. Oh my goodness. One of those internet cobras. Yeah, at Funky Cobra on Twitter. What children's film scarred you so bad that you still can't watch it? Mine is The Witches, and I'm not talking about... 
Oh, Mikey. And I'm not talking about the face peeling scene. I'm talking about the little girl who gets trapped inside the painting and slowly grows old and dies before disappearing forever. What? I did not remember that bit. Uh, the melting like the witches is notorious for scarring children isn't it that was going to be my answer i have one. Oh, i have one i i have a specific one that i've not yet tried to re-watch you may have seen it and i don't think it's something you would watch at home for fun but we were shown it i think i was in year five or year six so i was 10 or 11 and it was and i've just googled it it's the shakespeare the animated tales macbeth okay and the art style is absolutely fucking horrific. I'm going to send it to you now. Okay. See what you think of this, and maybe oh, try that on for size as well. There's a couple of photos for you. It was just a oh, really no. upsetting, spooky art style. Macbeth, a bit of a spooky story anyway. It's got witches in it, and yeah. he gets beheaded at the end in quite vivid visceral fashion and <laughs> and his head gets impaled on a sword and raised up and i remember that rick because i was quite susceptible to the world around me being terrifying and there was <laughs> something about the animated tales of shakespeare macbeth that really really fucked me up when, <laughs> when i was 10 i can understand that's pretty i mean 10 seems a little bit young for whatever the hell that is that's yeah i think so we did Macbeth, but we watched a really tame, just live-action version of it where, you know, it was probably made in about 1978 and the effects weren't that good. And it had that very... It was that era where they just discovered electronic music and then every TV show had oh, weird synthy organs in every scene. <laughs> oh, I miss that. I, just, I don't know, whenever you, like, watch things from that era, without a doubt, everything will have, like, a... Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not a good scene, but it's just got... Oh. <laughs> So good. Even, like Stanley Kubrick as well. Like it's just fucking everywhere. Bring back the synths, the shitty, shitty synths. Yeah, we want more shitty synths, please. <laughs> it turns out it's not a movie, it's twenty-five minutes long, so it might have just been an episode of a series going by the title oh. of various Shakespearean tales. But that one in particular was just a bit it was spooky. It was really spooky. The whole thing's on YouTube. Shakespeare the Animated Tales Macbeth, if you want to see oh, okay. it. Okay. I don't it's like too it. Intense. Just looking at it is it's just it's, yeah, it's too much. I remember, um, in fact, I think I tweeted about this recently, funnily enough. Um, I remember, or it might have been in a list that was edited recently, actually. Uh, in The NeverEnding Story, when the horse, like, sinks into the bog. That was pretty horrific. Oh, have you God. have you seen that film? No, no, I've not seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. There's this, this boy who's, like, on an adventure, and he's riding a horse. And it's quite early on in the film. It's in, like, the first third. And he's, like, he's got this loyal steed... Uh, and they get to this bog and they're like wading and then he turns back and realizes his horse is like up to its horse armpits and <laughs> it just starts sinking further and further and the horse like the the actor horse that's in it looks really distressed like you know oh, i'm no. really hoping that they just trained it to look distressed but it yeah <laughs> you know it's it's sinking into this mud and it's just oh it's really horrible and you do kind of just feel you're not that's the thing about it is it's not just watching a creepy scene in which a horse dies i think i at the time was thinking about how did they film this and like that horse surely is really really having a horrible time and i think that is as much as anything else what really disturbed me about that whole scene and now Mm -hmm. i really struggle to watch it even today yep that sounds about right that sounds horrible yeah it's pretty grim yeah 
And the, the kid's just like yelling at his horse, like, come on, you gotta get out of there. Come on, please. I don't know if this I don't know if it scarred me, but I haven't watched it since I watched it as a kid. So I'm gonna say it scarred me because I haven't been able to go back to it. But E.T. Okay. Spoilers for, spoilers for the 40-year-old film at this point. But it's just <laughs> when like when Elliot like I, I can't remember what happens, but basically E.T. has a bad time. And like <laughs> Elliot finds him in the forest. He's all white and even more shriveled and horrible looking. Oh. And I was I, like, as a kid, that broke me. I was like, no, not E.T. You can't have it. <laughs> like I was there with my sister, trying my hardest not to cry. And I just haven't been able to face that film since. You mean that you felt bad for him or he creeped you out? I don't know. It was a mix of just the, it was very visceral looking. It, it looked quite disgusting. And mm. None of us have mentioned it, but I don't feel like, perhaps we've had any inclination to go back to it as an adult because why would you uh but very quick shout out to my boy watership down yeah of course can't go on without mentioning that one no and also the animals of farthing wood which is equally brutal did i talk about i think i've spoken recently about there's a kind of bird it's called a a shrike but it's also known as a butcher bird and what it does is uh it's only, it looks like a little tiny songbird. It's like a really small bird. But what it will do is catch or find like mice and stuff. And it's a carnivorous tiny bird. But because it doesn't have like talons like a bird of prey, it's not really able to rip the flesh off a dead mouse. So what it does is it impales mice on thorns on bushes and then, like, oh. tears the flesh from the thorns. <laughs> Do you mean, like, the sausages in Fallout, the Fallout video we did? Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Just like that. <laughs> the sausage yeah, plant. Exactly like that. Yeah. Um, and there was a, an episode of The Animals, Animals of Farthing Wood where, like, a load of mice had been impaled on thorns by the butcher bird. It was horrible. Oh, dear. Wow. So there we go. We're all thoroughly, uh, thoroughly plopped. Yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely Love plopped. it. Would anyone like to... To think us good to make us feel better. Yes, I would. Whoa. I would and I'm, Whoa. I'm sick of us not talking about it, okay? Right. Oh, God. We've got, right, we yeah. got to talk about it, all right? It's been long enough. I'm fed up of this being in the public domain and us having just not discussed it at all. What? And that is the contents of Bin Laden's hard drive. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. There's some really weird stuff on Bin Laden's hard drive. Yes, yes. There is. There is. So this is an article from Wired from 2017. And the headline is Inside Bin Laden's Files, GIFs, Memes and Mr. Bean. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. I knew there was some sort of TV show on there that really is is out of nowhere. (laughs) Just just you wait. You're in Mm. for you're in for a bit of a ride. It's a bit of a lengthy article, but it is it's worth it's worth enduring. Here we go. It's not unusual to to have fun with anyone. No, right? it's not. Especially Bin Laden. <laughs> for a laptop or external hard drive to house a bunch of old photos and documents, assorted GIFs and memes, home videos, pirated software and movies, and some porn. But when those things show up among infamous terrorist leader Osama Bin Laden's digital files, it's worth a closer look. On Wednesday, the Central Intelligence Agency released more than 470,000 files seized at Osama Bin Laden's uh, a a bad a batabad a botabad 
Is that it? Yeah. Uh, Is that the place? Yeah. Sure. I don't Pakistan know. compound after the May 2011 raid that killed him. Hailed by researchers and international relations experts as a valuable gesture of transparency, the stash offers a window into the former Al-Qaeda leader's approach and plans and insight into the terrorist group's Sorry, the terrorist group's global organised structure, global network, and allies. It also contains hallmarks of any person who uses the internet. Copies of venerable film classics like Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, and Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Episodes of Tom and Jerry, and IMAX Aww. versions of Mysteries of Egypt, a download of the Charlie Bit My Finger viral YouTube video. <laughs> A Mr. Bean episode and 28 crocheting tutorials, including one what? for an iPod sock. Wow, lovely. Crocheting I really want to know tutorials. which Mr. Bean episode he chose. Well, the just... one where Mr. Bean is hiding in the caves. Yes, American yeah, the military. one where Mr. Bean is, a, is some kind of terrorist threat to the United <laughs> States. The new files expand a collection of declassified documents from Abbottabad that the Office of the Director of National Intelligence has published over the last three years, and it's impossible to know how much of that data was of specific interest to Bin Laden versus other residents of the compound. It's like, ooh, it says this here, it's like, ooh, Osama Bin Laden is a Tom and Jerry fan. And maybe he is, it's quite possible. I like Tom and Jerry too, says Bill Roggio, a senior fellow at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies and the editor of its Long War Journal, which got early access to the trove from the CIA. But I suspect a lot of the sort of frivolous or the personal stuff was more for his family. Uh, it goes on... Let's see. Other gems include a lot of clip art, a video called Horse Dance, numerous episodes of a Jackie Chan television show, image, image files of the Yahoo logo, a few funny cat videos, and an yes. image of a cute stuffed animal monkey. Who has this much variety on their set of hard drives? It's like, crazy, I mean, isn't it's it? one thing, like, if they found, you know, the entire catalogue of Mr. Bean. And that was it. That would be weird, but at least it's just it's his Mr. Bean hard drive. Yeah, sure. It's, it's where his Mr. Bean is. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the <laughs> Yahoo logo, Charlie bit my finger, some mm -hmm. crochet tutorials, horse dance. Horse horse dance. dance. Like a good one. <laughs> you know, the so strange. Sweet little monkey picture. Yeah, of course. Everything. Who knows when you're going to need that? Mm. The files also show that Bin Laden and those close to him were interested in how Western media depicted him. Agents found mm. documentaries and news reports like Biography? Biography. Osama Bin Laden. Where in the world is Osama Bin Laden? And <laughs> In the Footsteps of Osama Bin Laden. CNN. In the compound. That's <laughs> where is Osama Bin Laden, but we're also following the footsteps. <laughs> Isn't Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden the Where's Wally like joke book that they did or where's waldo i think it was the ill-advised very specific localization of where in the world is carmen san diego oh. right sure <laughs> don't know how many copies that sold at least one clearly at unless, least he, one, yeah. unless he pirated it uh there's also video of hamza bin laden's wedding osama bin laden's son al-qaeda has promoted hamza since the death of his father but the group has always published photos of him as a child not an adult the wedding footage would be a few years old but gives a clearer sense of what he looks like now and indicates who was at his wedding which could be useful for tracking connections and relationships with al-qaeda so there we go it goes on there's also a lot of information about uh, al-qaeda's connections to iran 
which we shan't get into here. However, what is exciting is that all of these files are genuinely, genuinely made public. As in, because of like evidence. As in, you can of... look at them and you can download them. And I've just linked yeah. it. I've just linked you to them. Uh, oh so God. I'm just oh my just God. scrolling Sorry. down to littleducks.flv. Um, and if you're wondering, yes, of course, I have downloaded and prepared horse dance for you. I will send <laughs> that to you both now. Um, this, I'm sorry, Ben, but I've known about this for years, but I didn't realize it was an actual catalog of everything you could download mm-hmm. Bin Laden's entire hard drive. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. Well, because I saw a tweet recently. I don't know if this is what inspired you to bring this along, Ben, uh, where someone I'm said just about something... to read it. I'm just okay, about to read yeah. that tweet. So I'll, I'll wait for it then. Yeah. I'll, I'll say it now. Yes. Yeah, so this tweet, I, th- I think Peter and I were talking about it at the time. <laughs> sorry, I'm watching Horse Dance. Horse Dance is good, isn't it? I have no idea. Horse dance is a good video. Uh, I mean, I think we we are ideologically opposed to Osama bin Laden at the very least. Oh yeah, I mean, but uh, but horse dance, good good shout. That's a good hey, shout ho- there. Horse horse dance didn't do anything to those towers, right? It's I mean, pretty problematic in the. I mean, the horse has probably been beaten in order yeah, to. Oh, absolutely. Learn how to yeah, the horse yeah, isn't yeah, having yeah. a good time. But it is nonetheless a horse dance. I just love the idea of Osama bin Laden sitting in his in his room somewhere, just watching <laughs> just horse dance. Just thoroughly enjoying horse dance. <laughs> what are you going to do tonight, Mr. Bin Laden? Uh, horse dance, probably. Probably watch horse dance probably again. Horse dance. It's a horse dance kind of night. Yeah. Along with all 121 episodes of Tom and it. Jerry. This is a tweet yeah. from at the Kafka dude, Ghostface Kafka, Kafka on Twitter. Uh, this has... 40, nearly 50,000 likes and uh, they say you can still download 121 Tom and Jerry episodes for free from the CIA 2017 release of Osama Bin Laden's hard drive I understand that people don't have a lot of money for entertainment in these tough times so so thank you Osama if you want to download free episodes of Tom and Jerry Osama Bin Laden and the CIA have you have you covered but they do have names like Tom-Jerry17 so yeah. you're going to have to do a bit of searching but yeah that's it we've done it now We've talked about Osama bin Laden's hard drive. There's there's a YouTube video down in here about learning learning about the Quran. All sorts. All sorts. I love um I love how relevant we are constantly. We're always on the button, aren't we? On the pulse. Oh yeah. We're talking about oh, Osama bin Laden's hard drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um brilliant. Well, thanks for that. You're welcome. So uh, this is like you've you've given me entertainment for the next few weeks at least going through this entire list and just seeing what is in here i look forward this, to hearing what you found it's it so never big. stops scrolling no it's is a this lot. one heart oh my god yeah i've just looked at how small the scroll bar actually is like relative to the page this wasn't one hard drive surely how big was this drive uh, I don't Seems know. Like where it said there was four four hundred and seventy thousand files or something like that. So uh, this, I don't think this is all of them either. It's just a lot of them. Oh, it's one hundred and sixty-two gigs. It says at the top, I think, or is that part of? I don't know. Maybe that's. I don't really understand how they formatted this page, but not not entirely yeah. sure. <sighs> no, but it's it's. Mm. A, thank you very much, Ben. That this is it's a real treat. Horse dance is while while horrific and cruel is. One for the ages. Thanks, thanks, Osama thanks. Bin Laden's um, horse dance. Yeah. There we go. Thanks, thanks, Osama. Thanks, thanks, thanks Osama. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, we'll move on to uh, a quick question, um, which is from Big Titty Jesus Forty Two at Big Titty Jesus Forty Two on Twitter. Nice. Who wants to know what was the first song, movie, book, etc. that made you lads cry? Um, oh, 
Um, I cried at Titanic. Did you? Fair, fair. Mm. Yeah, I found I found Titanic quite emotional. I was watching it yeah. by myself, and uh, that bit where Jack dies at the end, that, yeah, that got me. It got to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see why. I uh, I cried. I think when uh, Mufasa died oh. um, in The Lion King. Spoilers. Simba. Simba. Um, I think partly because uh, it's off the back of uh, a shot that really also used to creep me out as well, which is uh, when Scar is like holding him on the edge of the cliff and he like leans in and just says, long live the king. And there's a shot of like Mufasa's eyes like widening as he realizes he's got like five seconds in which he knows I'm about to die and there's nothing I can do. Uh, and they just sort of zoom in on his face. And immediately after that, Simba's like nudging the corpse of his dad saying, come on, dad, we've got to go home. And Aww. wow, that got me good. That's a lot. Sad. I'm yeah. just going to totally sideswipe that with, I cried in the cinema. Uh, this isn't my, like the first thing I cried at, but I think it's the most noble thing I've cried at. Mm. 2006 Adam Sandler film Click. Oh, really? No, that's quite sad, though. I don't remember how it ends. I've seen it once, but he gets it's a, he gets really fat and then dies. Right? Is that what happens? I think. Yeah, it's like, like I don't know, his whole life just kind of fast forwarding ahead of him, and I like, I can't remember what happens, but it's kind of looking back at all the things he he didn't do and how he fucked up, and it was like, oh, this is actually a bit sad. Well, and they don't like resolve that. it with him waking up before he got the remote or anything. It just oh no, they do resolve. Yeah, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You go home happy, but uh, it's God, quite sad. I thought sad. you meant that was literally the end. <laughs> they just roll credits. Oh god, that'd be good though. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the Mikey cut of click. Yeah. <laughs> it's just six minutes long. <laughs> have you guys seen I think we must have talked about this at the time. I think it was in the, the Vidiot's year, uh, where those guys had edited the uh Blu-ray release of Toy Story 3. <laughs> they were showing it to their mom at Christmas. And they do it so that uh, as Woody like holds everyone's hands as they look into the abyss, it fades to black, and then it just plays like a really sad rendition of "You've Got a Friend in Me" oh to the my credits. God. It's and so good. They're filming like their mum or whoever it is, like watching it, and she's like, "What is that? How it ends? That can't be how it ends." And they don't tell her until the next day. Like everyone's laughing at her and. She's telling someone else the next day, like, have you seen that Toy Story film yet? Do you know how it ends? It's horrible. Uh, and oh, then they eventually man. let her in on it. Oh, that's amazing. So good. I imagine, like, she must have been so shocked because it is literally like they're going towards this fiery inferno, all holding hands, like, this is it, this is the end. Oh, I would... And then it's just. I think there's, there's a feature in that, in uploading, you know, pirated movies, but slightly altering them a bit so that. All the naughty pirates out there come out with sadder, worse experiences yeah. <laughs> and they don't know any, anything else about it. Oh, excellent. Would you like uh, another question or a thing from me or Mikey? Oh, I could go for a thing. I might do my thing. Oh, okay. By all means. Oh, oh, oh. Let, me, let me get my speaking voice going. Sorry, I'm very coffee today. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. Not again. Oh, wow. Oh, this happens every time. All right, there we go. Everybody's zen. All right. Close your eyes. Imagine this. Congratulations. You've climbed the ranks, and after years of hard work, you've been able to enroll in the prestigious Philadelphia Phonograph School of Languages. Yes! Yes! You finally done it! Yeah! What hard work does pay off? Or should I say, yeah, we. (laughs) We! 
We <laughs> piss. <laughs> oh dear. You excitedly turn up for your first day. The school's founder, Mrs. Hope, greets you and leads you through the doors. You're escorted to your first lesson and you take your seat. You look in front of you. You notice a phonograph currently not making any sound. To your right, a bowl filled with nutritious brain food. And to your left, you notice a mirror. You gaze into the mirror for a few moments and you realise this isn't any ordinary school. You are, in fact, a parrot. Yes, this is the Philadelphia Phonograph <laughs> School of Languages for Parrots. Parrots. I'm so confused. Is this real or are we doing a bit? No, this is real. This this is 100% real. Okay. It sounds real. It, well, it sounds not real, but also real. So put, cast your mind back to the turn of the century. 1900s. Businesses boo... 1920... 1900s? No, 20th century, the 1900s. There we go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how you do time. Yeah. It's so the turn of the century... Your bird education business is booming, and the institu- your institution proudly boasts its pedigree as the only school of its kind in the world, with over 100 feathered graduates able to speak phrases in three different languages. But how, how did this all start? How do you grow this birdie empire, this, this polytechnic, if you will? Oh, very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I, was very, I, I literally at 2am last night, I thought that pun was like, all right, let's get in there somewhere. <laughs> That's, That's good. <laughs> this makes it worthwhile. Well, for all this, we can thank a woman named Mrs. Hope, the school's founder and only teacher. She started the academy because her husband, a bird seller, found that he could make 10 times the profit on a single parrot if it could talk. Brilliant. She wanted in. (laughs) Mrs. Hope's Philadelphia school soon sparked a revolution in parrot linguistics. Wow. Previously... And this is... I, I pulled this from an article and I can't... Like, there's not much information about this and... I'll just read the sentence, then we'll unpack it. Okay. Previously, the norm was for a professor to hide behind a curtain because seeing a person was, you know, too much distraction for the birds. And this, this, this professor would repeat the same phrase hundreds or thousands of times. The norm. How? Sorry, the norm. The norm is you take. <laughs> You take your parrot into a laboratory where a professor stands behind a curtain and says, who's a good boy to the parrot a thousand times? I don't know how that's normal. I want to see that. But then Mrs. Hope came along and said, no, no, this is, we need a new normal. There's got to be a better way. (laughs) And oh boy, did she reinvent it. She called this process monotonous and tiring. And I think she's right. And she had an epiphany. Rather than endlessly repeat phrases like pretty Polly, she could instead make phonograph records and play those on loop. Oh, of course. Of course. I tried this upon eight parrots and the success was beyond my expectations, he said. The parrots were declared to be the finest talkers in Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> she went to the board of talkers of Philadelphia and they said, yep, these, de- these definitely are the finest talkers. These are the we've best got. talkers we've ever seen. Does that include the human race as well? Are Surely. They, are they the best? I mean, it says the finest talkers finest in Philadelphia, talker, yeah. so one can only assume. Full stop. And each of these birds sold for a whopping £20, which oh. is a £2,000 in today's money. So it's actually a pretty good way to make a profit. Yeah. To play some sounds at a bird, make it repeat them, bam, off it goes, yeah. you made your money. Yeah. The birds were such a hit that Hope's husband began uh, boasting of them to the press. 
To one publication, he described how the school had trained a parrot for a soap company called Apple Soap to squeal at customers. <laughs> it, it would squeal such iconic, memorable phrases as, Buy Apple Soap! Buy Apple Soap! What? And... Apple soap forever! Apple soap forever! Oh my god. The, the goal was for customers to heed the advice of the feathered employees and purchase the product. And this was, he proudly declared, the future of advertising. Yes! <laughs> and to be fair, if I walked into a shop and I had a parrot screaming at me, try ready salted walkers! I, I'd do whatever <laughs> that bird wanted. I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> especially, I mean, you especially, Michael, given that it yeah, ends. Well. It ends its sentences with, you know, it speaks your language. Buy ready salted crisps. <laughs> Call of Duty's out on Friday. <laughs> no, I, I think he was right. That, that is the future of advertising. It just, yeah. it just never sadly caught on. At least there hasn't. I, maybe there's reports of it all over America in the in the turn of the century, but it didn't go much further than that. Oh, oh that's so sad. As news, as news of Hope's successes with phonographs spread. Other parrot owners began requesting that Hope give speech lessons to their birds, and she agreed for a full scoom scoom term <laughs> for a school a fuck oh, a school God. hello just call it university. <laughs> Excellent. For a full school term, she could teach any bird to talk for the price of just eight pounds. Oh. Although most customers opted for the shorter ten shillings per week option, because eight pounds a lot to to sink into your bird saying, mm. who's, a, who's a pretty boy then? Yeah. yeah. And luckily, the tuition didn't just cover the lessons, it covered the room and board for the birds. So it was like a little holiday. It was like boarding school for your birds. Birding school. <laughs> and things were going well. By September 1903, the school had enrolled 20 students. And one of the school's most distinguished alums was a parrot that, in the morning... Uh, could tell the children in its house it was time for school and at night could ask them this is the weirdest sentence ever with a knowing look <laughs> if they've mastered their lessons and express the hope that they've been good scholars wow i think the operative word in that sentence is could they could say it <laughs> could say it. it chose not to it just it just knew the kids were good and didn't need, didn't need to get on the back about could it. Be, uh, it could be a problem if they then decide, oh, well, this parrot's smart enough to just be in charge now. I'll send him to school mm -hmm. in the morning and, and <laughs> bring him in at night. What if, uh, you know, at sort of quarter to eight in the evening as the sun goes down, it says, ah, time for school. Off oh, you go. God, do what the bird says. Do what the bird says. I like says. the cut of this bird's jib. How would you like a, <laughs> how would you like a full-time position? Yeah. <laughs> Two reporters visited uh, the school and described eight parrots sitting in a room, staring intently at a phonograph that repeated, Pretty Polly, Pretty Polly. And he wrote, The birds were listening attentively, and every now and then, one of them would stammer, Pre-pa! Pre-pa! <laughs> they, kept, they kept repeating the words until they got them right. Uh, Hope remarked, those parrots would hear those those phrases for a week, and it takes about the average bird a week. Sorry, that got my English is all over the place today. I do apologise, everyone, but I just get very excited around parrots. You need to go to the phonograph school. You need to get I do. In one of those schools. Do some better learning. Get me words good. Hmm. It takes the average bird a week to learn one sentence, and only one lesson is given a day, and it lasts half an hour, which I feel like is actually a bit of a rip off. It is, especially given that people are paying her. To just play a play a <laughs> looping sound to their parrot, like surely, 
surely the method would just get out there and people could invest in their own, uh, you know, phonograph or... Or, I mean, there's the more standard approach of, you know, having quality time with your pets and loving them and talking to them and just naturally seeing what phrases blossom, but yeah. or you could just send them to Mrs. Hope's school. Yeah. Reporters um, went to visit a star pupil whose valedictorian status had earned him his own room all to himself in the school. And in the room, he was practicing what is believed to be the longest speech ever mastered by a parrot. Do you want to guess what it is? It's not much. <laughs> no, it's really not. Yankee Doodle went to town a riding on a pony. And that's it. Oh, that's it. I thought <laughs> yeah. I was going to carry on. No. <laughs> No, he got two lines in. I think if you get enough parrots, you can get them to say the entire thing in sequence. So True. If you give an infinite number of parrots an infinite number of gramophones, they will one day say the entire works of Shakespeare. They will eventually, statistically, recite the entire works of Podiots. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Someone get on that. So that's that's that that's that's the school and um, there's not a lot of information about it online. I think there was like this one article was written about it. And for some reason, it just kind of escaped all of the all of the news outlets. I hope I hope things went well in their very bizarre world of just sticking parrots in a room and blasting sounds at them for well only thirty minutes a day. It can't be that bad. Mm. But I just thought that was quite fun. That at one point in time there was a, there was a university just for parrots. That's amazing. Gosh. I can't believe there was a there was a school where where parrots could go to right. And it was like a holiday for them. So you had parrots, holidays. <laughs> but I don't know if there was Where's any the, bacon. Can we confirm that the there was bacon, bacon there? Maybe uh, if it's a school, surely in the middle of the day, they would go on their lunch. They'd be lunch breaking. <laughs> Close, maybe. Close hey, enough. There we go. Good. Nailed it. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, excellent. Well, got a question now from Mark Turton uh, at Marcus Turton on Twitter. If the power went out for a week, what board game or games would you reach for to pass the time? Um, I would immediately set fire to any copy of Monopoly that was in the house. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hate Monopoly. Terrible game. Really bad. I've never played a proper game of Monopoly. I, I don't. I feel I've played so many half-assed games where the rule. I haven't probably played the rules properly that I don't feel like I'm in a position to judge it. But you've never played I, Monopoly properly. Monopoly properly. Monopoly. Yeah. It's just the rules seem confusing. I never got it. To be honest, I'm not a board game man. People just fall game. out with each other playing Monopoly. In my experience, yeah. Yeah. it's quite an antagonistic game. You have to kind of like actively screw each other over. Where you know some games, it's like everyone's making their own way around the board by answering questions or whatever. And you know, you're not really. You might occasionally get a bonus point if someone gets their question wrong and you get it right or whatever. But in Monopoly, you have to take money off each other and. <laughs> And, you know, charge people for stuff and just be a dick. I like Monopoly, yeah. but I, I do find myself getting bored of a game of Monopoly after about mm. half an hour. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, we've got Popper Pirate downstairs. Oh, no. Nice. Oh, have you? Yeah. Ahoy, mateys. Cla- Claudia went to, uh, someone was giving away um, the Simpsons Monopoly. As it, as it would be, and it was a package deal. You had to take the pop up pirate as well. <laughs> Sounds you like you should to. you should have to take Simpsons Monopoly with the pop up pirate, not the other way around. Surely, yeah, that, oh. surely, I'd rather play. Uh, I'd rather play pop up pirate for sure. That's oh, the best, man. Buckaroo was good as well. I mean, these don't really count as board games, I guess, but 
<laughs> you know. It just adds something that moves, something that gives you a fright, reminds you you're alive. Yeah. Well, I, um, I live alone, so I can't really play any board games of consequence. No, I guess the the implication is that you're in a, you know, you're snowed in in some alpine retreat with oh, like nice. six people. Or who am I there with? Yeah. You know. Uh oh, <laughs> um, Darren Brown. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, this creepy Macbeth from the Macbeth animation. Oh, I didn't know. see. I don't think I'd, any board game would be fun with him. No. Am I having a nice time? Stephen Fry's there. Well, that's better. Yeah, you're having a great time for sure. Okay. Are we safe? Is it just a temporary inconvenience? Well, I mean, Macbeth Man is is snowed in with you, but you are mostly safe, I think. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I again, this probably doesn't actually count as a board game, but you'd definitely find it in the board game department in a board game shop, which is the whole shop, presumably. But <laughs> uh, we uh, play Telestrations sometimes, my family, which is sorry, <laughs> Telestrations is like. Um, it's like Chinese whispers, but with drawing. So oh. you get given a card, tells you to draw something. So you draw it on your... It's a wipeable, like, uh, dry wipe marker card thing. Uh, and you draw the picture of the thing. Um, you then pass that picture along to the person on your right. They have to guess what it is. So they just write the word on a separate page, what they think it is. That then gets passed to the next person, who then has to draw that thing that's been <laughs> written down and it goes around like up to six times or eight times or something. And by the end, because people are bad at drawing or can't work out what someone's drawn, it completely changes. And that's that's where the fun is, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Good game. Please, Peter, at some point, can you just release a box of the Austin family favorite parlor <laughs> games? With a, it includes a stinky 50p, the whiteboards yeah. you need for this game. I mean, and this it, one is at least it's an official game. That you can buy in the shops, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's up there with the weird yeah. games, I guess. No, it's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Scrabble fiend. I think I like I like, I like putting letters together and making words. Mm. <laughs> oh, you fiend! Oh, what am I like? Yeah, I, th- I think Scrabble is it's it's just different every time. I know every game is, but Scrabble truly is. It all yeah. depends on that first layer, the the first letters. And the whole game can go wonky or great from there. I, do, I just, I just like, I just love Scrabble. I made it. I think you must know this. Uh, I, I made it to the top of white people Reddit once upon <laughs> a time for tweeting that I was about to place the word quinoa on the Scrabble oh board. Oh my god! Yeah. Animal. <laughs> Got hundreds of thousands of upvotes, and rightly so. <laughs> well done, Peter. For how white I was, and still am. <laughs> Congratulations, you're the whitest of the whites. Quinoa. I was oh. the whitest man that day in the whole mm, internet. You were. Well done. Yeah. Um, you got any favourite board games, Ben? We used to play board games, didn't we, occasionally with uh, in the in the what culture days? We did, yeah. With the gang, I I liked I liked a lot of those board games. I liked some mm. more than others. I liked the yeah. spooky one. I can't remember what it's called now. Murder at House on the Hill. Is, it is that or, the no. one? There was another one. Not murder. Uh, there's, there's haunting at House on the Hill. Something, something like, like that, that, where it's randomly generated, and you yeah. sort of make your way through the house, and uh, any any number of horrible things could happen, and then, and then one of you is randomly chosen to be mm. the opposing force that could take the form of several different things, and then you've got to try and kill everyone while they try and escape or, or complete some kind of task. It was really good. I really liked that. Yeah. Can't remember what it's called, though. 
So there we are. Betrayal. That was Betrayal it. at House on the Hill, it was called. That's, that's the guy. Let's have a look at mm. that boy. Yeah, I really liked that one. That was really good fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Betrayal at House on the Hill. There it is. Good. Well, um, I'll do my thing, given that we've only got one question left. Do it. Oh. Guys, I don't know if you remember um, Meat Face. Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember Meat Face. I'm, I'm hoping you do. Um, we delve once more, not to weird news stories, the Daily Mirror, or, you know, I mean, they've got a weird news section, so that's easy to find, but... Uh, we delve into Weirdkopedia for the first time in a while. Ooh. Um, and I want to tell you all about the Kentucky Meat Shower. <gasps> okay. This what? is not a household appliance where you stand and have your, your meat shower in Kentucky. This is an incident that happened, um, presumably in Kentucky, but maybe it's because it was Kentucky-based meat uh, from the Colonel. I don't know. We'll find out. KBM. Um at KBM. I do know what it is. Um, so the Kentucky meat shower was an incident occurring between the hours of 11 and 12 o'clock for a period of several minutes on March the 3rd, 1876, where what appeared to be chunks of red meat measuring approximately two inches by two inches, with at least one being four inches by four inches, Ooh. fell from the sky in a 100 by 50 yard area near the settlement of Rankin in Bath County, Kentucky. Mm. Mm, delicious. There is There exist several explanations as to how this occurred and what the meat was. It's in quotation marks there. Um, the yeah, most... that's, that's a word you never want to see in quotation marks. <laughs> meat. meat. Um, including, well, I don't want to give the game away. It says there's a, there's a particularly popular theory, which we'll move on to shortly. Um, the pieces fell to earth from a reasonable height, whatever that means. <laughs> The exact type of meat was never identified, although various reports suggested it was beef, lamb, deer, bear, horse, or even human. No. And then there's underneath that, this being Wikipedia for mobile, uh, there's the little sort of data box where it's got, you know, like the date and the location and stuff. It says like, uh, date, 3rd of March, 1876, time, and it just has quotation marks again and says, between the hours of 11 and 12 o'clock in the morning. Duration, in quotation marks, several minutes. So it's just the, it's just the previous paragraph again in note form, but that's fine. Um, at the time, Mrs. Crouch, a farmer's wife, was making soap on her porch when she oh. reported seeing the meat pieces fall from the sky. She said she was 40 steps from her house when the meat started to slap the ground. <laughs> The meat looked grisly, according to Mrs. Oh. Crouch. Mrs. Crouch and her husband believed the event signified a sign from God. A similar event was later reported in Europe. The phenomenon what? was... Re- yeah, apparently so. The phenomenon was uh, reported by Scientific American, the New York Times, and several other publications at the time. Uh, the text then repeats the bit about it being two by two inches or four by four inches. Oh, it's the meat appeared to be beef, but according to the first report in Scientific American, two gentlemen who tasted it right. judged it to be lamb or deer. That's the only mm. way to only way to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Stick it in your gob. Space meat. Um, a local hunter identified it as bear meat, but the best thing about it is his name is B.F. Ellington, which just oh, makes me think of Beef Wellington. It is, isn't it? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um... 
Writing in the Sanitarian, Leopold Brandes identified the substance as Nostoc, a type of cyanobacteria. Uh, Brandes gave the meat sample to the Newark Scientific Association for further analysis, leading to a letter from Dr. Alan McLean Hamilton appearing in the medical record, and that's a publication, and stating that the meat had been identified as lung tissue from either a horse or a human infant. What? Which is... Lovely. Um, the composition of this sample was backed up by further analysis, with two samples of the meat being identified as lung tissue, three as muscle, and two as cartilage. So mm. there seems to be a, a variation in what kind of meat it actually was. How close is is horse lung tissue to human infant lung tissue? And why does that differ mm. from adult human lung tissue, exactly? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know, I'm afraid. Weird. The uh, the Nostoc theory, that's uh, it being this sort of uh, weird bacteria, um, the Nostoc theory relied on the fact that Nostoc expands into a clear jelly-like mass when rain falls on it, often giving the sense that it was falling with the rain. So it actually it doesn't actually fall with the rain, it kind of comes out of the ground in, in some way. Uh, so Charles Fort noted in his first book, The Book of the Damned, that there had been no rain during the incident, though. So that kind of throws that that theory uh, in a, a bit of a curveball. Um, locals, though, favoured the explanation that the meat was vomited up by buzzards, uh, who, as is their custom, right. <laughs> seeing one of their companions disgorge himself, immediately follow suit. So Their custom. There were some buzzards or vultures uh, flying flying around, uh, or possibly on the ground. Um, one of them threw up, and all of the uh, all the buzzard buddies do the same thing, just because that's how they work, apparently. Oh, that's... I, want, I, I was just picturing, I don't know, someone being launched in the air and disintegrating and spreading all over, but buzzards <laughs> make sense. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Um, oh, I like that, though. Birds spreading joy. A Dr. Kastenbein presented this theory in the contemporaneous Louisville Medical News as the best explanation of the variety of the meat. Uh, Vultures vomit as part of making a quick escape, uh, and also as a defense method when threatened. They'll actually vomit at a threat. Um, So uh, (laughs) Fort explained that the flattened, dry appearance of the meat chunks, uh, that was as a result of pressure, apparently, and noted that nine days later, on March the 12th, red corpuscles with a vegetable appearance fell over London. And that's just where the article ends. Oh, okay. <laughs> just with a little cliffhanger that sort of weird, weird red fleshy bits and vegetables fell in London. And see you next time on Weird News, apparently. How bizarre. You'll never guess how big they were, though. They were two by two inches and four <gasps> by four inches. Oh, no. No. And they were definitely from either a horse or a small child. <laughs> we can't be sure. We keep getting them mixed up. It's definitely one of the two, though. Yeah. Sure. That's weird. I, oh. That's strange. I think the weirdest thing about that whole story, though, comes about halfway through where it's like, oh, no, some people identified it as lamb because they tasted it and said it tasted like lamb. Like, Oh, God. <laughs> who in God's name would... I hope it didn't come out of a vulture if they ate it later on. <laughs> Seems That's a terrible brave. thing to do. Did, like, do you think they self-appointed themselves as tasters or was it like the, the village had a meeting and was like oh I think I think Derek should should be the one to have have a taste of it he's got the best stomach he's like yeah. alright bring, bring it bring up the meat oh that's <laughs> lamb that that's very strange thank you Peter for your thank you Meter <laughs> for a horrible 
gristly tail for gruesome kids. Oh, excellent. You're on fire. Nice. Absolutely on fire. Down now. Yeah. <laughs> um, we finish today's questions from the uh, audience with one from Ryan Seambull. I think I'm saying that right. Okay. Ryan Somebody, uh, who said, What is your favorite conspiracy theory? Either one you believe in or one that you laugh at people for believing. Oh, no. Um, there are so many good ones. It's hard to choose. Shit, I'm a big fan of moon-based conspiracy theories. They're yeah. always good fun because they're, they're always super out there. But there is like, there's some, there's some good text out there you can read of like hollow moon and the moon being a projection and all this good stuff. Oh, wow. Oh, what's some, I like the Avril Lavigne like a... one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the real Avril Lavigne died and was replaced by a fake one. And that's why she went super <laughs> pop music. <laughs> and that oh. happened also to, was it Paul McCartney? I think one of the, think? yeah, at least two of the Beatles yeah. have died at some point, I think, and, and, yeah. and been brought back somehow. Yeah. I, I I did I did a Beatles based conspiracy on a pod it's ages ago but you I think did. the, the oh, recording yeah. was lost. I remember I yeah that it? never I don't think we ever spoke about that again which is really sad because it was that uh, lunatics that blog wasn't it? It was really good as well. I was really happy with that. I I I'd get I might mm, recycle it. I think you should. Yeah. Oh, you should I'd, bring it back. Yeah. For, well, maybe if you if you want to learn more about some spooky conspiracies check out a future episode. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> 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 Ah ha ha! Yes, it was me all along. I the, the sad thing about conspiracy theories is that I think for a while they were super fun. It was kind of lighthearted, like oh look how ridiculous this is. Well, I mean that's not true. There's always been absolutely mental, just shrouded in racism and anti-Semitism conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like recently they're all just a bit just aggressive and boring it's yeah. not like oh hitler's got another clone in venezuela it's like oh no there's pedophiles everywhere and da, da, da. Oh. yeah there used to be like um it kind of felt like stuff that didn't really affect us other than the fact that we were being lied to but not about anything that really mattered you know reptiles reptiles bring them back what's wrong with what's yeah wrong with the queen being a lizard come on and, you know it didn't really matter that for example if the moon landings have been faked it's like all right so yeah Maybe we were lied to if if that turned out to be the case, but ultimately it doesn't actually matter to the man on the street whether we've been to the moon or not. But now it's like, yeah, five G is going to kill you. Uh, Covid's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just <laughs> things like that, which yeah. do affect the man on the street uh, in terms of like altering behaviours in potentially dangerous ways. So that's that is yeah, it's the more depressing side of the modern conspiracy theory, I would say. Yeah. Make conspiracies great again. That's, yeah. Let's do that. COVID being made up is my favourite one, I think. Yeah. Currently. yeah. <laughs> Especially as, uh, what was it? Did you see that Herman Cain died from COVID after saying it wasn't it wasn't anything to write home about? And then they started oh, using God. his Twitter account to, su- to, to continue supporting President Trump. Right. Oh. And he recently tweeted... After dying from COVID, that well, this COVID lark seems to be a bit inflated, doesn't it? Hey, eh? maybe it's not quite as big a threat as we all <laughs> oh, thought. God, I'm only dead. Yeah, I've only gone and died for it. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's so tone deaf. Do you remember that one where uh, Alex Jones, um, you know, the guy from uh, what's it called? It doesn't matter what he's from. Uh, we all know who he is. No. Yeah, <laughs> Info just, Wars. That, that thing. That guy. He thought that um, the government was putting chemicals into the water supply to turn people gay 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said that there's now evidence that, like, he says, oh, you can see that this is the case because it's, it's not just affecting humans, it's turning frogs gay as well. Yeah. And he, he goes on about how, like, the the frickin' frogs are, are turning gay as well because of what's been added to the water. <sighs> so gay frogs is up there for me. Gay frogs is a good one. Yeah. You just reminded me of another... We shouldn't be talking about Alex Jones because he is a genuine shit, but there's just some genuinely bafflingly hilariously things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is a, this is from like when his fa- his wife was leaving or some or something and like the court proceedings. He said, um, uh, "I'm just reading from an article here." Sitting on the witness stand, his ex-wife's lawyers had him read from a deposition transcript in which he claimed he could not remember the names of his children's teachers or the details of their schoolwork because he ate too much chili. Oh. <laughs> In the transcript, Newman asked Jones if chili had affected his memory. Quote, big old ball of chili, sure does, yeah, Jones responded. Oh, no. He's not well, is he? <laughs> no, he's, he's really, really not. not. No, definitely no, not. No, get, get some help. And he gets so uh, he gets so pink he does. when you see him shouting. I do remember he once, yeah. I think he probably still sells, like a lot of, weirdly, a lot of right-wing uh, talk shows have their own stores that sell supplements and things which doesn't really yeah. make a lot of sense. Um, but there was one supplement where the before and after photo, he just got redder <laughs> between the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Amazing. If he uh, wasn't so harmful, he'd be really fun to laugh yeah, at. Yeah, but... he has a lot of influence oh. and that's scary. Mm. It really is. My goodness. Well, is, is that all? Are we Have we made it to the end? Oh, my God. I believe so, yeah. Fantastic. It seems to go quick today. but did. Yeah, well, boy. thank you, boys, for your things, and thank you uh, for bringing along those questions, Peter. Mm, no problem. Thanks thank for you. submitting them. Audience. 100%. Hey, did you know that you could buy some merchandise over at store.yogscast.com? You know that, don't you, Michael? Oh, boy, you bet I do. If you head over to store.yogscast.com, you'll find a bountiful array of Vidyat's merch. There's T-shirts, there's mugs, there's... That's it. I think there's and a supplements that make you redder. <laughs> Ooh. And the best bit is if you use code Vidyat's at checkout, you will get 10% off everything on the everything. Yogscast store. Everything. So they've just released the new summer gin. You get yourself a nice shirt and some gin and just get really drunk. Mm. Drink it out of one of our mugs. Yeah. Oh, there, there we go. That's better. I was just, I was just picturing someone getting really drunk, vomiting on the vid, on the Vidiot's t-shirt, and having to buy a new one. <laughs> oh no! Like, a, and then all the vultures around you will also throw oh, up no. because oh. that's what they do. <laughs> it's just a reflex. It is, it is their custom. Yeah, it's their, as they are accustomed to do. <laughs> is this horse or boy? <laughs> <laughs> it's anyone's guess. If you have any thoughts, though, you could uh, tell us over on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook, all.com forward slash Vidiots Official. We're also on twitch.tv forward slash Vidiots Official. We stream every so often. Mikey's done a couple of streams recently. Uh, So make sure you go check them out if you can. And uh, we always let you know when we're going to stream on the aforementioned social media. So go check those out. Finally, we can talk about streamlabs.com forward slash Podiest donations. If you go there, you can join Pod Squad, donate three pounds or more, and we'll give you a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show. One more time for this week. Who is in the Pod Squad? We got Stephen Scodes, Saint Jerry the Goat Fucker, Like a Ghost Skelly, Hoover Story to Look Hooves Back, 
Hoover Story 2, look who's back. I get it now. Oh, it's a that's book. good. <laughs> that took an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, seven from Con. Straining in a toilet cubicle, Samuel Dublin de Barber. Thank you for your generosity. You. It it done fetch the wank flannel. Mmm, tasty bit of Willem. Stukalicious. Cunt, re-road, take me home. Take it sleazy. One vowel from She-Ra. And lastly, it's very small on my screen, some birthday bumpers for Dan, who was very generous as well. Happy ha- bumpers. Happy, happy bumpers. Happy fucking bumpers to you. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Also, Specky Becky, Emily Lemons, Tommy the Wank Engine, All Scrote and No Shaft, uh, Chav Chav Ramirez, Lobrotovich, Freddy Weber Dislikes Ben, Mikey's New Keyboard Fund, Cabri's Cream Smeg, Axel's Alive 95, Knee Deep in Sopostricods, uh, Finn Tristam, Memory Cards 400 uh, 40 quid a gram, sorry. Uh, my Pet Bulldozer and Grand Theft Mikey. Dave Bacon Phillips, thank you again for the very generous donation. Edward Gizzerhands, The CG, Alan Claw, with a very generous donation. That That's a separate username. Deliberately typed that way, I think, to sound confusing when listed. Succulent Potty at Meal, Mercenary Queef, This Chair Fucks. Super Mega Berto, Bring Back Memory Cards, Kermit the Pog, and Prince Beefcakes. Thank you so much. That is your pod squad for this week. Once again, £3 or more, streamlabs.com forward slash podiots donations. Mikey, where can people find you? Oh, you can go over to that there Twitter and type in at Paraboy and you'll be greeted with a wonderful account that sometimes posts funny things. Wowie. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm finally streaming again. Last stream was a disaster, but we, I, I, I like to, you know, set standards really low, and hopefully it can only get better from there. I promise in the next stream I won't spill beer all over my keyboard and break it. <laughs> and Peter, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us at Team Triple Jump, as well as on Twitter, actually, at Confused underscore Dude and at that Peter Austin. But at Triple Jump, mm. uh, both on Twitter and on YouTube and on Twitch, where we are doing video style stuff still. It still exists over there. Uh, Rules Boss and Worst Games Ever and uh, uh, Cooking and Piece of Cake and Billy Ray Walrus, etc. Yeah, come, come a little closer to the subscribe button, son. Okay, right. Fucking dead. Extra fifties yeah. worth of subscribers. Thanks, yeah. Finally, leave us an iTunes review or a review slash rating on your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Do we have a final question for this week? I kind of want to see more um, creepy. Uh, uh, what was it? Creepy. Kids, Cre- creepy kids films? films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Things that scared you so bad, scarred you so bad that you can't watch. I want to see more of that. Yeah. Just let us know yours. Excellent. Bam. Well, reach out via the platforms we have mentioned earlier. All right, we're gonna go now. Look after yourselves. Stay safe. But bye, bye everyone. Bye. Bye bye. Love, love you all. Bye bye. Huh.